It's Monday the 8th of March 2021. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by Guðrún Lindberg Guðjónsdóttir, who is a language use and accuracy consultant here at Rove. Welcome to you. Thank you. Um, this weekend, we learned that there are at least two cases of the British COVID-19 variant in Iceland outside of quarantine and not closely connected to anyone who recently arrived in the country. Staff and patients at Landspitali National University Hospital are being tested and some quarantined, as well as people who attended a concert at Harpa on Friday evening. The seismic and volcanic activity carries on, with thousands of quakes registered over the weekend and a short volcanic tremor, though much smaller than the one seen on Wednesday. A magnitude 5 quake at 2 o'clock yesterday morning was a rude awakening for those closest to the epicentre. Two government ministers are in the spotlight this week, one who lost a court case over gender equality and plans to appeal the verdict, and another who called the Capitol Police Chief to ask about a case relating to a close cabinet colleague. The post office is in the headlines after having announced it might ask permission to stop delivering letters. Um, the cliffs at Lautrebjarg have finally been officially protected after a decade of talks and negotiations. And the only international ferry serving Iceland is completing a refit and expansion in Denmark, and its operators predict a strong late summer and early autumn tourist season, even though, as everyone knows, the spring and early summer remain uncertain. Where would you like to begin? Should we begin with the earthquakes? Yes. It's kind of uh, the news of the week. Yeah, understandably. Um, this weekend, the, about two hours in in Grindavik, especially, they would no one was sleeping. Um, no one was sleeping. No, and there's been like cracks in the road to Grindavik. I can understand that they're like a bit upset. Yeah, and up in the night. Exactly. But I haven't woken up in the night myself, but I can feel it really like clearly when I'm here at work, but not as much at home. I live in Hlíðar, but I don't know. What what's the reason for that? What what sort of house do you live in? Because for me, it's I've a been... it's a big uh, brick house. Okay. I think it's built like 1950 or something like that. Because mm. I do get the impression that that makes a difference. I live in a in a quite an old timber house. Yeah. Um, on the ground floor, and I barely feel anything. But I know people higher up, especially in blocks, uh, seem to be uh, worse affected. Yeah. Okay. At least I don't wake up from it. But, you know, yeah. And sometimes I'm not sure. Like, it, it's like I feel like I'm shaking, like, maybe more than I should because there's been so many earthquakes, almost up to, like, 3,000 each day. Mm. But it has gone down now a little bit. But it's it's going up and down. Yeah. I mean, today is quiet. Yeah. Um, but they seem to think that's part of the pattern and that it will pick up again. Yeah. It has been, uh, though, been 500 from midnight to, until six in the morning, so we don't know. But I haven't felt anything this morning. No, I think only three or four of them were above magnitude three, yeah. which is important. But yeah. then that one at two o'clock in the morning, um, I was still awake and I did feel it, was five, which is pretty yeah. big Yeah. Um, on Sunday morning. Yeah, I was fast asleep and didn't wake up. But uh, but they, they still are measuring activity in the, and in the same places and... You know, this, uh, like, uh, what's it called? The magma movements. Yeah. 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 And what about that? I mean, 
to a certain extent, the earthquakes and the volcanic activity are separate, but at the same time, they're very much interconnected. We haven't had a volcanic eruption yet. Um, we no. were all expecting it on Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> and weren't we really, you know, some of us were, were hoping for it, kind of. <laughs> I was I was excited. Well, I mean, don't don't get your hopes down too much, <laughs> no, I would say, because no. they still think it's happening. Yeah. Um, but... As we know with the with planet Earth, um, nothing's. You can't set your watch to it. No, um, but I kind of feel like I'm uh, offend. I might be offending the, the people who live in Grindavik because I can understand their worries about this, and they they had this uh, meeting. The people of Grindavik mm-hmm. and they were they were uh, without electricity for hours until the Coast Guard ship came, mm-hmm. which yeah. was separate, right? Just bad luck that was. They went for seven oh, hours. Was that? Seven hours without electricity, at least some places up to ten hours, and it was to, to do with a, a technical fault at Svartsenki power plant. Power plant. Um, oh, it, I thought for sure that was connected <clears throat> to the uh, the earthquakes and all this. Really bad timing. <laughs> yeah. And all of almost every town and village in the country is connected to the national grid, but Grindavik isn't. Grindavik is just connected to Svartsenki. Yeah. So when that power station <laughs> shut down, the town went without power, and it's obviously everyone that that's, that's not what you want at a time like this. No, that sort of because everyone's thoughts, just like yours, goes immediately to to oh my god, it's something terrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, um, the country's biggest tourist attraction, the Blue Lagoon, is there as well. That went without electricity. That's obviously being shaken um, mercilessly as well, and. That attracts people from all over the country at the moment. Yeah, and wasn't uh, the Blue Lagoon closed? At least the the staff was, for the most part, sent home when yeah. when the eruption started. Yeah, but it's. A, I didn't know that they were open on a Wednesday anyway. I know they were opening at the weekends. At now, the weekends, but, okay, but, yeah. But no, you're right. They did. Yeah. They sent the staff home. Yeah. I, maybe they weren't open. Open. Anyway, yeah. Um, things are quiet today so far. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Um, uh, people are still very much prepared for this. And yeah. t- talking about offending the residents of Grindavik, I think for them it's definitely the the earthquakes um, that's causing all the problems. Um, if if there's a volcanic eruption, it probably won't affect the town any more than it will, for example, Keplavik and Hapnafjörður. No, but haven't there been news about the like magma movements uh, going closer to Grindavik? Mm. And there's this possibility that has been presented about yeah, a possible uh, effect on mm. the town. Okay. That was uh, in the beginning, it was like, no, you're safe, it's not near. But I think I read something like No, that. I think you're right, yeah. actually, yeah. Um, yeah, because the activity is always centered between Kalis and Thardalsfjall. Yeah. Um, but all the activity last year, about a year ago, was under Thorbjörn, yeah. uh, which is very close to Grindavik. Yeah, yeah. And it does seem to be moving that way again. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of the the other mountain that the people are having difficulties pronouncing? Thrauenskjöldur. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be fun. And throwing skelter in. I can just imagine if that gets into the international press. Prains skjelder round. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Anything more to add to that, or should we maybe move on? It's... 
Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think we have much to add to this. No. Uh, a load of lava maybe in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, probably best then to move on to COVID. Yeah. Again, um, how nice it has been for the last few weeks to not talk about this. Oh, it has been pretty good. Uh, and also been good to be back at work. You know, to be back in the house. Mm. In the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been uh, tiring uh, working from home, but kind of nice too in a way. But mm. But now we're back to this uncertainty. Having, is it two or three? Was it confirmed three yet? Uh, no, they, they, they've confirmed two. Uh, I'm not sure. No, same. But having two or three cases um, out of quarantine was always expected. It's no one. It's not a surprise to anybody. But the circumstances could have been better, couldn't they? Um, yeah, and uh, and it's like. Uh, People and including myself uh, are like afraid of uh, when they're introducing something new like this. In this case, it's uh, the one at least one is the British variant, whatever that means. Two, I believe. It's, yeah, two. Yeah, mm. because uh, you know they talk about that being more contagious. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's frightening because we don't know. We still don't know enough about this. Like, is it like they we're talking about the uh, people that got infected? Uh, the one one person got infected from a sharing a like a, sh- a shared entrance with another infected person, but they weren't in close contact. Mm. So it, I've, I I thought about this going down my stairs in the morning. Like, is it on the doorknob? Is it just in the air? Mm. Where is it? And it does seem a little bit like, because early on in the pandemic a year ago, we were very much on about this all the time, doorknobs and handrails and things. And that part of it seems to have been a little bit forgotten now. We're always talking about face masks and and, and coughing and two metre distance and things. Yeah, it was all about disinfecting uh, uh, what we touch. Mm. And it does seem like that was the case now, because this is yeah. one person that came into the country mm-hmm. um, with a negative test and tested negative at the border, and yeah. then the five days later, the second test, it was positive. Yeah. And that's interesting as well, because Thorovich and others have been saying, well, we're going to use this period to see maybe the second test isn't going to be necessary in the future. So this case right now seems to indicate that it very much is. Yeah, exactly. But uh, they must have stopped. I, I'm not sure of the numbers, but they must have like uh, detected more cases of this British variant at the border. But this is just the first time it went through. Yeah. Just like they've been detecting the South African variant up to. Yeah, at, that was the uh, for the first time they detected that at the border last week. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah exactly. And. The far more contagious nature of it is 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 the worry because it's there was no evidence that this man was in direct contact with these other two people that just happened to live in the same building. Yeah. And then they went off. Um, one of them went to a concert at Harpa on Friday uh, yeah. with seven hundred people, and to work at Lanspitali. Uh, yeah. So it's 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 a big deal. 
Yeah, I wonder what will come out of that, because they're all getting tested today. So we'll know soon enough. Mm. And, yeah, and they said... Um, but how do they... I wonder how they are... How they know that it's more contagious? Is it some testing that proves it? Or is it this, like feeling of uh, it being more contagious because of the circumstances? Well, I, I believe the research in the UK suggests that it's more contagious just because they saw this outbreak spreading so much faster and mm. quicker, uh, faster and further than they had done before. And that's why the country went into lockdown. Mm. And that was so a... it's something about the virus and, and the variant of the virus, but not the people's behaviour. Not necessarily. No. no. Uh, although... That won't help because we are all more relaxed now. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they can keep a, a lid on this and, and, and not have to put more restrictions back into place again because I know everyone's sick and tired of that. Yeah. Understandably, uh, we all are. Um, but yeah. it's very possible, isn't it? And wasn't it the first big concert that was held in Harpa and this had to happen at that time? Yeah. It's kind of sad. It is. Um, it's also a test of anti-contagion procedures because the, the, the manager of Harpa was pretty bright in the news saying that, you know, we, we followed everything to the letter. There was face masks. Yeah, um, people yeah. were split into groups so that they couldn't intermingle. There was separate toilets for each group. The bar wasn't open, things like this. You know, all of the rules that they have been asked to follow, they did do. Yeah. And so hopefully... Hopefully it worked. Yeah, hopefully it won't go any further. Um, the next few days apparently uh, are crucial, according to Thorovich. Um And yeah, it's very much a case of fingers crossed. And such bad luck, so worrying that it got straight back into Landspitali again. Um, at least half of the colleagues and patients that have been in contact with this member of staff have already been tested and none of them are positive. Okay, that's good. That's good news. Yep. Uh, may that continue. But where in the hospital was it? It was like a one... I think uh, it was A3, which is a um, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, outpatient ward. Uh, quite a busy one. They do sleep research, virology, various things. No, uh, oh, okay. So, yes, wait and see about that. Um, other than that, the picture has been very bright... And, and continued to be until this all blew up <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday. Um, yeah. Is there anything more to say, really? I wonder. No, I wonder, yeah. Uh, Apart from keep carrying on being careful. Yeah, that's all we can do. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I, I uh, talked... I had a talk with the kids before they went to school, like, okay, we're back on, like, you know, it, it never stopped, but it kind of stopped being, like, strict on, like, wash your hands every time you go, uh, come in. Mm. And, you know, go wash your hands frequently during the day and all this. Don't touch the handles and, you know, all this that we all probably uh, told our kids a year ago. Mm. And now it's, we have to talk to them again. Yeah. Without scaring them too much. The same is true of the earthquakes too. Yeah, exactly. But they're just, my kids are just excited about the earthquakes. 
there's no they're not afraid of that that's good and uh my younger one who is seven he was just he was really disappointed that he didn't feel anything but then he finally did and he was like cheering <laughs> finally <laughs> um one thing that stood out to me a little bit this morning was that everyone who was at harpa on friday is being asked begged if you will to book a test to go on to helsevera.is and book a test clicking the i was at the concert on the fifth button which they've added yeah. um but why because Organizers of large events have to register everyone that was there. They have to have allocated seating. Why aren't they getting in touch with the people and saying, you must come in? Why are they saying, we beg you to please book a test? It seems weird to me. Yeah. Uh, could it be just uh, that people have to have the choice? Isn't that like a... But, but it is like uh, something that... It's so new that mm. we don't know. Like, can you just? You can't. You can't say no to go to quarantine. That's like in the law, and you're breaking uh, the law if you uh, if you don't follow that. Mm. But getting tested, if there's, I don't know. No, it's interesting. I don't know how this works. Mm. Same. Yeah. Same. It's, it's, it's odd to me. I mean, at least I thought they would have contacted everybody proactively and said, please do come in instead of asking them to book. Yeah, I would guess that everyone would want to uh, be sure of, you know, not being infected. Mm. But has everybody seen the news? Everyone, has everyone that was there, does, do they even know about it? Wasn't there something... Uh, No, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm confusing. I thought it was something about a, a guest at the concert who just found out about all of this uh, uh, late yesterday, but I think it was connected to the hospital. Yeah, yeah it was a member of staff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who had, that one person had been to a confirmation party, uh, a large one. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully they're not infected, so fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the confirmation parties. It's just getting started. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, oh. <laughs> so much that can go and wrong. All, all the kids that didn't get their confirmation parties last year. Yeah. And organisers of all sorts of events are going to yeah. be up in arms, or not up in arms, are going to be very worried about this um, because summer plans are being made, obviously, as mm-hmm. we speak. And lots of interest, lots of um, investment goes into these beforehand. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's move on. Where to? There's the the two government ministers, the post office, Lauterbjerg. Lauterbjerg. Will there be any tourists there? This year? <laughs> there definitely yeah. be ones that live here. <laughs> yeah, maybe, um, you know, more Icelandic people will go there. But, you know, it seems, yeah. Uh, I, di- I didn't know that it has been had been uh, going on for a decade this uh, getting Lautrapjark formally protected. Mm. And why is it important? I mean, it's a cliff. There's only so much, you know, you're not going to build a block of flats on it or something. Yeah, like the the Minister of... What's it called? The Environment and Natural Resources. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Uh, 
to uh, be able to form uh, improve infrastructure and mm. this uh, uh, harmony between the puffins and the razor bills that live there and human tourists but i wonder if there will be any that much tourists it, you know they have been uh, collecting eggs for decades centuries not the tourists no 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 yeah but there has been like interaction between the birds and humans for a long time but i imagine it had been has been more in the recent years but now then you know i i'm guessing a lot fewer last summer Mm. not necessarily a bad thing from either perspective, if they are going to be investing this money and, and starting to improve the infrastructure, which means better f- footpaths, I assume toilet facilities, a car park, yeah, uh, guided trails, um, to do that when there aren't that many tourists there, it'd be easier. Yeah, I uh, I thought this word razor bill was really interested. So I, <laughs> I looked it up to know what what type of bird it is. Yeah. It's just an interesting word, razorbill. Do you know why the, this bird is called that? It has some something to do with razor. Well, yeah, I mean, the bill, of course, is the beak. Yeah. So maybe it's got a very sharp beak. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and the Icelandic name for it, alka, mm. has has the, the uh, ref, reference to the, the beak. And... Uh, but the Latin term for it, alka torta, that's like, you know, similar to the alka, alka. Yeah. So I wonder why they went, yeah, like mm. this razor bill. <laughs> A lot of English bird names are quite descriptive. Um, it's almost almost like most Icelandic words are quite descriptive for most things. But when it comes to birds, I think yeah. English might be more so. A, n- a North Atlantic orc. Mm. Is that another English word for it? Makes sense. Or a description? Uh, I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is a type of a type of orc. Uh, most famously, the great orc was completely wiped out because they were so big and tasty and slow moving. Oh, and they were know, huge. Do you know the Icelandic word for that? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a statue of one in the water. Yeah. Um, is it Geirfugl? Yes, it could, could be. be. Yeah. There's a statue of one on on the seaside on the. Yeah. On the south shore of Reykjavik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it must be Geirfugl. Yeah. <laughs> A Geir's bird. <laughs> I don't know who he was. Um, so, where were we? Yeah, we were at Lauterberg. Yes, um, it's an important place. It's the westernmost point of Europe. Yeah. And of Iceland. It's very, very tall. It's about half a kilometre tall, these cliffs. It's incredible. Um, one of the most important bird nesting cliffs in Europe. Um, so it's well worthy of protecting. Uh, and this protection order covers the cliff itself and a little bit out to sea as well. Because mm-hmm. um, there was a problem, I think, a couple of years ago of some cruise ship releasing its passengers on rubber boats to go and look at the cliffs or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, remember that. Yeah, that's awful. <coughs> and they probably, like, left, you know, garbage and, you know... and. It's just not good for this unprepared uh, nature that it hasn't been in contact, that, you know, that people are not there a lot. Mm. Not to mention dangerous. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And in terms of conflict with landowners, because I think that's where it came from, why it took so long to do this, because the landowners in the area, they're, they're saying, well, this is obviously our land. We want to be able to do our thing with it. We want to be able to make some money from it. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly that includes what you were mentioning, uh, collecting eggs, um, yeah. which people have been doing there since the settlement, really, uh, a thousand years. Yeah. Um, and have you tried the seabird eggs? No, I haven't. I have. Quite nice. But have you been there, to Lauterberg? No, I haven't. I used to live in the Westfields and I never got that far. Yeah. I only got as far as Rødesantur. Yeah, I've never been there either. No. Maybe this summer. I want to go and see the new footpaths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so they've come to a deal where, where sustainable historic land use can continue and they're going to be investing money to make it more sustainable for the future as well. So sounds like a win-win. I don't think... I haven't heard any negative voices on this particular topic. Have you? No, I haven't. Uh, but what was it this... Uh, how they formally protected uh, Lauterberg? Uh, did it have to uh, be in, like... Did they have to agree on something with the landowners? So it was like a contract that they came to a conclusion? I believe so. Yeah, okay. Um, it doesn't it, for example it doesn't involve taking taking the land into state ownership um but it does involve uh, public money yeah. Uh, yeah okay we've got ooh, a couple of minutes left um maybe just a few words on the post office yeah because people love to talk about this <laughs> how can you have a post office that doesn't deliver letters yeah our, our post offices like we know them coming to an end mm. But they, I can, there was like a year ago that they stopped delivering this uh, like unmarked uh, mass mail in your letterbox, like probably, you know, like flyers of some sort and ads and stuff like that. That you put a sticker on your letterbox saying, like, I don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> so they stopped delivering that, like, a year ago. And then they're stopping altogether. But well, isn't, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But isn't this, uh, you know, the, the things that come in your letterbox is uh, mostly some things that you can see elsewhere, like online, in your in your online bank... You know, mm. most of these things. So I can't see that it will be a big shock that it will be just that they will quit doing this and stop sending mail at home. Maybe, but and you have to like go get your packs, the deliveries. Mm. Yeah, but, that's already the case. Yeah. yeah, but it is weird that a post office doesn't deliver the mail. So. Of course, it's, it's the law at the moment. They have to. Yeah. They have to provide this service five days a week um, or else. Um, but they are considering asking Althinki to change that. What yeah. sort of reaction do you think that would get? I can imagine a lot of parliamentarians would not be in favour of this, at least at first. Yeah, I, I can't say. I, I, can't, uh, I can't imagine why they wouldn't just, you know... Uh, I, agree on that, that they don't have to deliver the mail because the times have changed and they are losing a lot of money, right? Mm. Like the post office. And they, yeah, it's becoming a much smaller or at least much different 
company than it was. You could argue that the most the people least able to get to the post office to pick up their mail are the ones that need it most and also yeah. the ones that are most likely to still be using paper letters, i.e. elderly people. Yeah, you know, yeah. When you think about it, it it's uh, like then it has kind of has to be something. You know, it can't be just a closed like way. No. And also I, another question I wonder is like so as you say most things that are delivered you can get online. How many people are going to miss important letters because they think, oh, I can't be bothered to go and pick them up. It's just stuff I could get online. And actually, it's a, a you know, a billion kroner check or, or something important, a letter from a loved one or whatever. Um, things could go missing a lot more easily. Yeah. Yeah, when you get your passport in the mail, mm. maybe those days are over. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. If it's... Uh but wouldn't you couldn't you just get a and like a message or like a you know yeah a mail in your on your post office office like your uh, your sites in the post office web that you have like mail there that you have to pick up i'm sure you would but and you, then so you... many people would just not be bothered to go and get it yeah unless they open it for you and say oh this looks important <laughs> <laughs> anyway um that's it the Week in Iceland is out of time for another week, I'm afraid. Um, but we will be back on Monday the 15th of March next week on roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform. Huge thanks to my guest today, Gudrun Lindberg Gvudjonsdottir and also to Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. Uh, also, just before we go, a quick reminder that tax returns are due by the end of this Friday from everybody and extensions are not being given this year. Go to rsk.is for more details. We finish today with a song called New Mistakes by Hildur. Bye for now. No, this ain't the first time I've had these thoughts before. Yeah. Comparing me to others, that's what I always do. It's like I can't even choose. But I'm tired of breaking myself down mm, no, no. And I don't wanna drown in myself down No, 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 no I keep on doing the same mistakes
Thank you.